the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Coop. Well, hello and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR, and you are joining us for our Church of the Week feature. This is a great time every week where we get to sit down with a pastor in our local community, someone who is on the front lines of the kingdom. And today we get to sit down with the pastor of CityGate Church in Wimberley, Texas, Pastor Chad Hayes. Pastor Chad, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's great to be here. We want to hear what God's doing at CityGate. We want to hear what God's doing in Wimberley, Texas, which is just a little bit north of, of San Antonio here. And uh, our signal gets out there, and, and hopefully people are listening to us out there. But uh, before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm married to an awesome lady from the United Kingdom. Her name is Rachel, and uh, we've been married for 12 years now. We've got four kids. Noah is our oldest. He's nine. Nathan is seven. Jensen is five. And then we have a little girl. God knew that uh, that's what I needed. And so, <laughs> Soften you a little bit, yeah, huh? Gave me the desires of my heart. And uh, so she's two years old. Her name is Bethan. And uh, that's our family. We live uh, just outside of San Marcos, uh, in between San Marcos and Wimberley, actually. And uh, we've been in that area for about eight years now doing ministry. We planted a church there eight years ago. So we're there pastoring that, that work and uh, doing some great things there. God's doing some great things in that area, in that region. Mm-hmm. And uh, just excited about that, all that. Well, it's it's great that uh, you've been able to be in ministry now with your wife for eight years and uh, pioneering that work. But um, you mentioned she was from the United Kingdom. Tell us the story of, uh, you don't hear that often, you know. Sure. Uh, tell us the story of how that happened. Well, my wife was actually heading to uh, the Great Northwest. She was heading to Portland Bible College, and uh, God intervened and uh, sent some missionaries. Her, her dad's a pastor there in Wales, and uh, uh, some missionaries visited their church and redirected her to, here to San Antonio. And uh, I was in my last year uh, at International Bible College at that time, and she came in and uh, started. She'd finished university in, in the United Kingdom and then came over here. She wanted to study music at the Bible College. And uh, so we met there my last year, and uh, her question was, uh, where, she asked where I'd been all my life, and I said, I've been here waiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> where and, have you uh, been? So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how we met uh, some missionaries, uh, Ronnie Christie Bishop, uh, uh, invited her to come over here. They were graduates of International Bible College, and so uh, they invited her to come and left a $50 bill on her bed. And, <laughs> that's great. And uh, so uh, she ended up making the decision to, to instead of coming to, to Oregon, she came to Texas. So. That's, that's pretty amazing. And now they have a ministry of uh, getting getting people together for marriages and, and all that <laughs> stuff cross, cross-culturally. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. Kidding. Well, it's a, it's a great story, and um, it's just amazing to see what God's doing through you. And, and uh, you're, you're a young man like me, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's great to see God using this generation to touch this generation. There's an idea that this generation doesn't want anything to do with God, but I'm finding just the opposite. I'm finding all kinds of young people. That are just hungry. They're looking. They're looking for something. They're looking for something that's real, right? Uh, you know, they've they've seen their parents chase uh, success, uh, finances, you know, and everything that this world tells tells you that it's, it's going to make you happy, right? 
and they've seen the disappointments uh, that their their parents have experienced, um, the divorces, the uh, you know, they have money but they need more money, and and just how hollow and, and empty all that life is. Sure. And so they're looking for something that's real. They're looking for something that's going to fulfill them. So I find it really easy to talk to this generation about right. God. Right. Um, they're they're hungry for it. Well, and and. and you know, I was mentioning that to mention that, that you're doing a lot of work there at Texas State, um, yeah. that there's there's been an open door um, on the campus for you to uh, to minister to several people that are involved on the campus there. Tell, tell us what God's doing at Texas State, because I think, you know, from the outside looking in, what a lot of people may think is, well, college is just, you know, a place where people go to sow their wild oats and kind of goof around and, you know, they'll get a degree, but they'll never use that degree and all this kind of stuff. And what what has been your experience with uh, with some of the students that have come from Texas State? They're now a part of your church and, and yeah. the influence you've had there. Texas Texas State historically is, is known as party school. Right. Uh, voted for years the number one party school in, in the United States. Uh, and that's, that, that's the rep that's there. Uh, and... Um, you know there there is a great need for God on the campus of Texas State and all universities and and, and uh, that age group in the United States there's a great need for God um but you know and, and I've had some amazing encounters uh, I just remember one experience we've done a lot of outreach uh, on what's called the square there in San Marcos and there's there's bars there's arcades coffee shops cafes and it's the old uh, centers around the old courthouse there in downtown San Marcos and all the college kids, they go there to party. And so we, we've done a lot of outreach there on Friday nights and uh, just gotten out and built relationships with some of those, some of the bouncers at the bars, uh, you know, at the doors there. Uh, they're the, kind of the easiest to get to are just some <laughs> of the kids walking up and down the streets. And we'll, we'll just start conversations with them, build relationships with them. And an experience that I had several years ago, is actually probably eight, nine years ago, up there, uh, there was a young lady standing at the corner, beautiful young lady, could have been a model. And um, I remember crossing the street, she was standing there on the corner, and as I got close to her, she looked to me, kind of like in a way of propositioning or, or something like that, and um, I just reached out to her, and I had a, a track in my hand, and I gave it to her, and um, when I looked into that young lady's face, she was a zombie. She was strung, I don't know if it was alcohol or drugs or whatever she was on, but just uh, totally gone, and um, that explains kind of the condition of a lot of the young people. Mm. Uh, you, you go to, to the H-E-B there, what they call the little H-E-B, which is right next to the campus. And I've stood there at midnight uh, on Friday nights or Saturday nights and watched these kids come in there with as much beer as they can carry under their arms, right. uh, checking out so they can go party that night, and uh, literally just, just stood there and wept. And uh, there's a great need for this, this generation. Like I said, they're, they're, they're looking for something. Right. I uh, just don't quite know what they're looking for yet. Right. But uh, just have a, a burden for, the, for those guys. And we've done everything that we can to reach out to the campus. We've had outreaches at the bowling alley. Um, outreach to the campus, outreach there on the square, done everything that we can to reach that generation. And I believe that God has placed us there strategically to um, to get a hold of it. There's a generation that is, a lot of them are just at the university. They have no idea why they're there. Right. Their, their brothers and sisters went, their parents expected it of them. It's what society says they should do. Right. And so they're there at the university, but they don't really know what, what their purpose in life is. And so I, I think that God has, has positioned us there to reach out to those young people and to help them find their identity right. in Christ, to find their purpose in God. You know, Pastor Chad, you you uh, you mentioned something there that was, I, I think, so key, the, the the story of that young lady. And, and it seems like there's so many people in society across the board that they really live their life empty. They really live mm-hmm. their life, um, you know, kind of just going through the motions. There's there's no feeling. There's no heart behind it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you guys at, at Citygate Church, you're, you're trying to reach these folks and, and, and show them the love of Christ and the life of Christ. Uh, 
and that journey for you has been been years in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said eight years ago you guys went there to, to, to start this church. Tell us a little bit about this journey from eight years ago until today and how, and how God has kind of intervened and, and just really set you guys up to be a, a beacon of light in that community. Yeah, awesome. In 2006, my wife and I moved to San Marcos. Uh, we packed everything that we had in, in the U-Haul at that point. Uh, no, it was just a little over a year old. And uh, but we packed up our things. We moved up there, and we just started having uh, some Bible studies in our living room. Some friends would come up every once in a while to help us out, and uh, we started getting out to meet our neighbors and uh, people at the grocery store and people in the community, and uh, just did, did a outreach, everything that we could to, to connect with people in the community. We did that for 14 months. Had the Bible study in our home, and uh, we had a group of about 30 people together, 20 to 30 people on Friday nights, you know, meeting in those Bible studies in our home at that point. And um, uh, after 14 months of doing that, we got our first facility. We met there for a year and a half. Second facility, met there for two and a half. Um, grew to uh, about 100 people uh, after about four, four and a half years of being in San Marcos. And then we ran into a little bit of a problem. We had some issues in the church and a little bit of the discord stuff that churches experienced. And, sure. Uh, a little conflict. And, and uh, very hard on our church at that point. We were uh, just a young church plant. And uh, I thought it was going to destroy me at that point. But what I've come to understand is that God was using it to build us and to set us up for what he really had planned for us. Sure. And uh, through all that, yeah, God brought provision. And we, we landed in a bowling alley. <laughs> we were having a hard time paying our – we went through that problem. And we were having a hard time paying our bills at the church. And uh, we just started an outreach to the university at the bowling alley. And the owner of the bowling alley, we're there at 4 a.m. on a Saturday morning cleaning up after our outreach. Set, uh, wrapping up all the sound equipment, and uh, the owner of the bowling alley says to me, hey, would you be interested in having church here? And uh, I'm like, church in a bowling alley, I'm not quite sure how that works. And he <laughs> said, well, we've done it before, and it's just pretty similar to what we've been doing here with the college outreach. We can just set up right here on in the middle of the lanes, and um, and uh, you guys can, so we, we set up our uh, our band on, you know, Lane 10, basically. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's a good band name. So, yeah, just started, our, our motto became, we're, we're pulling people out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a bad joke that we, we used around the church. But uh, anyway, we, we met there for two years and um, really connected with a lot of people in the community. I remember one Sunday, uh, the owner of the, the pro shop showed up for our service. Wow. Uh, he had the pro shop there in the bowling alley, and he showed up for our service. And, you know, I, I preached, took the altar call, and then we, you know, dismissed and said Amen. And he stepped back to where he usually stands uh, during the operation of the bowling, uh, the hours of operation, and right there by the door of his pro shop, and he lit a cigarette up right after I dismissed the <laughs> service. But it, it, it put us in a context where we were in the midst of the community. Right. I, I met more people in the two years that we were there than I had in the previous four years, right. four and a half years, uh, through uh, just going there you know, during league night and that type of thing. And the owner introduced me to people in the community. Sure, sure. So it was an awesome opportunity. Yeah, and you guys have, have kind of... Uh, grown past that now, and that, that God just opened a, another door right. to transition the church from um, that community and and the things that have done there, and expanded your territory right. uh, a little bit like Jabez, you right. know, expanded your territory out to Wimberley, mm-hmm. um, and and there were some some situations that that transpired that where God really just blessed you guys with a building and and uh, and a lot of different things. T- talk about that that transition. Uh, that happened for City Church, um, or what would become City Church, and and you too, Pastor Pastor sure. Hayes. In uh, July of last year, uh, there was a, a pastor about twelve miles away from where we're at. He he went to be with the Lord, and uh, so it was a church without a leadership and that type of thing. And, and we got in contact with them, and uh, in December, 
uh, we uh, were grafted into that church, and or they, we were grafted together. Uh, we, at first we were talking about it as a merge, but sometimes when you merge, uh, things don't go well. If you merge onto the highway, it can end <laughs> up in a wreck sometimes. So we stopped calling it a merger and uh, started saying that we were grafted together. And that's really what it's been. It's been two families coming together, and really now today it's it's seamless. You can't tear, tear one of the, tell where one of those families meets and the other uh, ends. We, we're just one family. Uh, we brought a group of uh, college kids and young families from, from Sam Marcus to Wimberley. And uh, we linked up with um, a bunch of 55 and ups, and uh, it doesn't sound like that would be a good mix. But the God has, but but the Lord has done uh, some wonderful things in that. He's brought a lot of strength. You know, we had a lot of young people that would work, that would uh, they do any outreach you wanted to do. They, uh, you know, they could tear up and set down, uh, t- tear down and set up, and and uh, we could go remodel houses. We could remodel church buildings. Right. They they were eager to work. A lot right. of strength. But we're miss- missing a dimension. I believe that every church needs to have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You need the generations right. really to be healthy. And uh, my wife and I had actually been praying, Lord, for, for two years, really. Uh, we, we'd experienced uh, uh, a situation in, in Wales a couple years ago when we went to visit where there was a young pastor my age, and he had a retired pastor that just sat there at the church with him and strengthened him, poured into him, encouraged him, corrected him, right. sorted him out when he was going wrong. And uh, when we saw that, we realized we needed something as young leaders. Mm-hmm. We needed uh, some hoary heads. We needed some gray-headed folks around right. us uh, just to strengthen us uh, and impart wisdom and experience to us. And uh, literally, that's what's happened. So we, have a, we went from, again, being a young group of college kids and young families. Uh, now we have uh, a mature board. We have uh, retired pastors in our congregation, uh, gray-headed folks. And, and so we're experiencing, I think, a new fruitfulness in our ministry. Uh, we're multiplying like never before, seeing growth and fruitfulness. And it's, uh, I, I would say it's because we're at that place where there's a strength of generations where sure. uh, just one generation receiving from the other and the impartation, and it's changed our, the dynamic of our church. You know, uh, to, to someone that's listening right now, Pastor Chad, and uh, they don't understand uh, that model at CityGate Church. They don't understand that generations serving mm-hmm. one another. Uh, maybe they think— um, you know, I don't need anybody. I'm, you know, I'm kind of independent. I'm strong. You know, whatever. Uh, what, what's the importance of the of that generational merger uh, that you're talking about? That that having that generational uh, fruitfulness from generation to generation and that relationship across generations, it, as far as it it develops our faith and and what we're called to do as disciples of Christ. Yeah, the church has to adapt. Um, if we don't, we become culturally irrelevant. Right. Uh, in every context, we need to, we have to be relatable to the culture. Uh, Jesus was a master of doing that. Mm-hmm. We have to change. We have to adapt. And um, God raises up young leaders. There's, he raises up leaders for, for every generation. But I think the one thing that we as we're young guys, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I see guys our age do that's a mistake is push the older guys away. Right. Because we know better than, than they do. You know, their generation did everything wrong in church. We, we want to change everything in church because, you know, church is turning people off and so on and so forth. And, and again, we, we do need to change the church, but uh, not making the mistake of pushing that older generation. The things that they did, their ways, their ideas, their concepts, uh, if it weren't for that generation, we wouldn't be here. Right. And uh, those guys have been down the road. They have the experience and seasoning of life. We have to... Uh, you think about it this way. We have to make our most important decisions when we're young and dumb. 
<laughs> you think about it. We're 18 years old, yeah. and we're trying to figure out who are we going to marry, what are we going to do for a living, right. you know, where are we going to live, where are we going to go. What, yeah, we're making all these important decisions without the, the benefit of the experience of life. Right, right. But a mentor can come in. We, we make foolish mistakes when we're young and inexperienced. But a mentor can come in, and they can offer the, the experience of life. My sure. pastor taught me that uh, th- there's two ways we learn, through mistakes or through mentors. Right. We right. either have to go and, and make the mistakes ourselves, or we can learn from somebody else's mistakes. That's a good word. That's so, a good word from yeah. Pastor Chad Hayes of, of CityGate Church. So let's talk about CityGate Church um, for a little bit, the time we have left here, uh, mm-hmm. Pastor Chad. Um, so you guys are located in Wimberley now. Right. For the person that they've driven down 35, they've seen the sign for Wimberley, but they don't really know much about it. Yeah. Tell us tell us what the community of Wimberley is like. I, I know it's you mentioned just outside of San Marcos, and so you, you have a lot of draw from there. But what what uh, what's the culture, what's the community like that, that you guys are serving? Yeah, if you don't get off Interstate 35, you miss it. It's <laughs> it's uh, Wimberley is a village. It's in the hill country. It's uh, it's everything that everything that's Texas. There's the you know the Spanish culture. There's the cowboy culture. The hippie culture. The yuppie culture all rolled up into one. There's a lot of retirees in Wimberley. It's a bed and breakfast community. The Blanco River, the Cypress Creek is there. Beautiful hills. Um, just a, a gorgeous place tucked away in the hill country. We got Blue Hole. We got all kinds of awesome things uh, for people to come and experience. Wimberley Market Day is actually this Saturday. There's all kinds of things going on there. It's a great place to be. And uh, beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, it, you, you can drive from, from San Antonio half an hour, 45 minutes. And be in a different world, and and great, great, great getaway for husband and wife or a family, or to go to Citygate Church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and when you're there, come, come visit. And we we do. There's there are. It's a tourist attraction, and uh, we we'll often have on Sunday mornings tourists that you know came through for the week, and they come in and check out our worship service. So that's great. Yeah, and uh, in in Citygate Church, I, I know I ask this a lot to pastors, but. Um, Every every church is in a different culture. Every church is in a different community. They they have they they have a different goal. They have a different uh, emphasis or, or whatever. And we need all of them. You yeah. know, we we've got to reach this world, uh, and it happens through every ministry that that we can put together and 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 one person at a time. But for you guys at Citygate Church, what do you feel like is unique about the congregation and and the ministry that you guys are engaged in? Yeah, yeah. Every church is unique. Every church is vital. What makes us unique? We're we're a church that is. Uh, really about equipping people and empowering them to do what God's called them to do. Uh, we're serious about making disciples. We're uh, trying to reach people, uh, turn them on to Jesus, cause them to be cra- absolutely crazy nuts about Jesus, right. and uh, passionate about the Great Commission, seeing that, that fulfilled and, and, and walking out the ways of God in their life. Right. And uh, we're trying to equip as many people as we can for the work of the ministry. And um, so discipleship is, is huge for us, and um, also church planning. That's really one of the the goals and the visions that I have is uh, San Marcos is that that region. San Marcos is the fastest growing city in the United States today. Wow! And uh, that that region of the thirty five quarter, there are about twenty thousand people every year moving into that region. Wow! And uh, there's great need for churches. Uh, sure. So I'd, I'd love to plant churches: San Marcos, New Braunfels, Kyle, Buda, Lockhart, Bastrop, Seguin, all those communities that's around San Marcos. Right. Uh, and so we're raising up uh, leaders training people and equipping them to do what God's called them to do, and right. then releasing them. And um, so, you know, and, and one thing that's pretty unique about us, we meet everywhere. House groups, <laughs> we meet in restaurants. We have uh, a meeting going on right now in a German restaurant in New Braunfels. We've, we've met in the bowling alley in San Marcos. We've met in Seguin. We've, um, you know, New, New Braunfels shirts and all these communities, uh, you know, apartment uh, house clubhouses. Right. Uh, you name it. Uh, we're just trying to, to be on mission. Right. 
and um, build and expand the kingdom of God. Well, and you are uh, you are reaching people now, not just of of, uh, of college age, but but it's extending all the way through the the fifty five and up. And mm-hmm. um, you have different things that you're doing to uh, to reach different generations, and, and different things you're doing to disciple different generations. Mm-hmm. So tell us what some of those things are that that are going on at Citygate Church. There's a there's a Sunday service I know, and and uh, and there's Wednesday night stuff going on. There's mm-hmm. there's Thursday night prayer. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of the the church culture and community that you're building there at CityGate Church? Right now on Wednesday nights, um, we're, we're shifting from a, a, having a midweek service, uh, moving it towards a what we call connect group model, and uh, just small groups. And f- for the next uh, four months or so, we're going to be training our people to lead. We're, we're, we've turned our Wednesday night meeting into a small group, basically, where we come in, have some food together, we pray together, we study the Word of God together. And we're just modeling what a connect group looks like so that our church people can begin to lead that in January. And so that's one thing that we're doing. And what that does is it, it takes it from the place where we have, uh, you know, 18, 20, 30, 40 people come in on a Wednesday night and listen to Pastor Chad preach to where we'll have uh, four or five people leading groups of 18 or 20 people. Right. And so it just ex- expands our, uh, our influence, expands our, our fruitfulness, and it, it gives people an opportunity to walk into the things that God has for them and to begin to operate in ministry and, and do what God has for them to do in ministry. And then another thing that we have uh, going on, I, I do a lot of one-on-one. I meet uh, a lot of our college students and young guys, uh, meet, meet up at the coffee shop, hang out with them, or uh, just meet up somewhere, restaurant, have dinner with them. Spend a lot of time with them one-on-one, pouring into them. And then on Tuesdays we got uh, we have a, an, an interim program where they come up to church. Uh, it's time of prayer, time getting into the Word of God, teaching the Word of God uh, with that, that crew that's coming up. And then, uh, you know, there's no telling what we'll do. We may end up, uh, you know, repairing the roof of the church, doing some remodel work, or going out in the community somewhere, uh, helping one of the church families move. Uh, you, you never know what we end up doing on Tuesdays. But just, it's about spending time with those guys and imparting to them and, and right. showing what, what the kingdom of God's about. Right. And you have a Thursday night prayer uh, as well. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I, this is kind of a, a strange thing to say, but I don't know very very many people that have prayer services anymore um what do you guys do on thursday nights uh, i mean i know the easy answer is pray but but what's what's the the goal of thursday nights and the importance of that yeah well tractors don't run well without oil <laughs> and it's the same thing with the church we, we can have all the equipment all the machinery we can have small groups we can have an intern program sunday morning services outreaches we can have kids programs youth programs seniors programs all these programs but without the oil the thing's gonna break down right yeah right. really uh, without prayer Really, what what I think happens to is we when we shift our focus away from the Lord, we begin doing it in our own strength. Sure, we begin doing it in our own ability. And so, I mean, there have been times on Thursday nights where I would have rather just continued <laughs> remodeling the building, right? Because we need to get this thing done for Sunday or whatever, you know. Right. But I've always said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down now, right? Because it's it's almost prayer time. Well, that's good. And uh, you know, we're gonna set our focus. We, we've got to keep that as a priority. You know, and and I know I'm not suggesting that that other people don't pray, but just that sure. the uh, the uh, service is, is a is a positive thing, just to to reinforce that to your congregation that hey, w- this is what we do, we pray, you know, yeah. and it's it's great to see you do that. For someone that uh, Pastor Chad that's that's listening right now, and maybe they don't have a home church, maybe they're close to the Wimberley San Marcos area, and and they they uh, they're thinking maybe maybe I'll check out Citygate Church on mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. When do you guys meet, and what can they expect? Well, we meet at, at Sundays, 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, you can expect uh, 
passionate worship. My wife leads our worship team. We've got a, a great group, and their hearts are towards God, uh, just leading people into the presence of God. It's going to be passionate worship. Uh, the Word of God's going to come forth. I, I'm a guy who preaches the Word of God. Uh, you may preach on one thing. You, you, you can't expect the same. I'm, I'm not a one-subject one, one guy. All right. I, I like to preach the, the counsel of the Word of God, teach it. Uh, you know, I consider myself to be a, uh, you know avid studier. And uh, of God's word, and, and so I'm just passionate about it. I'm going to communicate the word of God wholeheartedly and passionately in a way that's, that's relevant. It's going to touch your life. It's going to uh, it's going to be something that you can take home and apply to your life, and it's going to bring you to a place of maturity, growth, fruitfulness, and um, authentic ministry and, and, and authentic people. There, there's a people that um, are just full of the love of God. Right. And you know, we talked about that transition where we brought a group of college kids and young families in with seniors. Uh, it's it's been an amazing thing, and the only thing we can attribute to there there's a love, a genuine love, love of God. And Jesus said that's that's really the indicator of who we are, right? As God's people, it, you know, they're going to recognize you as my disciples. Yeah, they'll know about because your of your love one right. for another. And and it seems to be missing so much in church. You know, we can sometimes we go to church with people we don't even know, mm-hmm. but uh, there's just a it, it's a family. And I think above all else, that's you know, I've tried not. There's a challenge of uh, trying not to become too corporate sure. as a church. You know, we get all these systems and all these programs going. Before you know it, it's a big machine. Right. And, you know, we lose the heart of what it's about. Right. You know, the church is supposed to be a family. My favorite term for the church, it's the household of faith. Right. And that's what it's about. It's a one big happy family. You get tired of Big Macs, what do you do? You go to <laughs> you go to Burger King. You yeah. know, you get tired of Burger King, you make a run for the border. You know? <laughs> and with, but here's the thing, Mama's mama's cooking. You right. never get tired of it, right. and if we're we have a corporate mentality, when we get tired of one thing at a church, we'll go to the next, and then when we get tired of that thing, we'll go to the next. But when it's a family, yeah, it's, it's it's like coming home every Sunday. So if you need a family to connect to, Citygate Church might be the place for you. You can <laughs> connect with uh, with Pastor Chad and and his lovely family, both spiritual and natural there. And uh, if you aren't plugged into a local church, we want to encourage you to visit uh, Citygate Church in uh, Wimberley, Texas. You can check them out online at citygatechurchtx.com, citygatechurchtx.com. You can find out directions and meeting times and all that stuff. Pastor Chad, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. We we pray blessings on everything you put your hand to do. Amen. We thank you for being with us for our Church of the Week feature here on AM 630 KSLR. And keep having a great week and keep listening. Uh, If you haven't gotten plugged into a local church, look up citygatechurchtx.com and check them out this Sunday at 11 a.m. Thank you for joining us. I'm Micah Koop, and keep listening to AM630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.